I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Six weeks ago, I did an episode on doing a digital detox. It's the idea that you give up mobile devices, the ones that most of us are pretty hooked on, for a set period of time. The point is to disconnect from the devices and get reconnected with our real lives and experience our real lives without the distraction of our smartphones. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to share my results of that digital detox, including my struggles, my triumphs, and some just plain weird outcomes that I would have never expected. So if you haven't already listened to episode 140, where I explained what I was going to do and why, let me quickly catch you up. I proposed a screen diet, not necessarily a full detox where you stop something cold turkey. Instead of stopping the use of all devices and screens for a week or 10 days, which quite frankly, isn't shown to change much of anything in the long run, and it makes people very nervous and anxious while they're doing it. So instead of that, I decided to take a more moderate approach. Think of it as a balanced diet instead of a restrictive, punitive diet. So a screen diet is a conscious approach to managing your time spent on digital devices. It's about finding balance and making sure that your screen time is enriching and meaningful. My process started with a covenant, basically a promise to myself about what I was doing and why. Then it included my specific protocol and how it was different than what I typically do and when I typically do it on my mobile phone. I have an awesome download that you can use to craft your plan and your covenant. If you want to give this a try now in the new year, I highly encourage it. You can find it on the show notes page for this episode the episode that I discussed it on, janelleanderson.com forward slash 140. And we will also link up those show notes in the show notes for this episode. And you can find that at janelleanderson.com forward slash 146 for episode 146. So it's been six weeks now since I began. And as I share my results, let me remind you of what I set out to do. And so I'll share my covenant and my specific plan. So here's the covenant I wrote to myself, my promise to myself. I will create freedom from my phone in my life. I will be conscious of spending time on my phone when I am engaged in passive screen time. I will spend weekend mornings screen free. And I will provide encouragement to anyone who wants to join me on this journey. And I know a few of you have. (laughs) All right. And here were the changes specifically that I set out to make. And before I share them, let me remind you of the categories I was considering. 
First, what? What is consuming my time on my phone? Is it social media, YouTube, work stuff, email? And then when? Are there specific times of the day that make sense to cut back? Maybe because they're interfering with other activities or relationships and the like? Then how? How was I going to make the switch? Was it going to be self-imposed limitations, deleting apps, following fewer people on social media? What was that going to look like? And then, and this one's critical, do instead. What other activities would I be substituting, especially when I was bored or I was in the habit of being on my phone? And then finally, how long? How long would the experiment last? So here's what I set out to do specifically. This was my protocol. First, the what. First and foremost for me was work email. I have a tendency to answer it in my head when I read it on my phone, but not actually get back to people in real life when I'm reading those emails on my phone. This is pretty much confined to my work email. As my friends, family, and my children's teachers can attest, I hardly ever look at my personal email as it is, so that's not a problem for me on my phone. (laughs) So that was first. Second was words with friends. In the evening, I have a tendency to play words with friends. Now, I played it a lot with actual friends during lockdown, during the pandemic, and it was a great way to stay connected. But then I found out that there's this bot version of it that you can play. It's only five turns for the bot and five turns for me. So again, it's like online Scrabble, but you'll only get five turns. So how long can that take? Well, it doesn't take that long. But if you keep playing game after game after game because you're winning, well, then it does become a little bit of a time suck. So that was my second area. And then my third area that I was focusing on was social media. Now, I don't do too much on social media sites during the weekdays, and I have the data to prove it. But I have been known to lose a few hours on weekend mornings to Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. So I declared Saturday and Sunday mornings to be screen-free times. This was confined to social media and other apps. I would still answer the phone and reply to text messages during that time. And mostly that's close friends and family who are messaging me on my phone on the weekend mornings. And I certainly don't want any less of that. So when, when was I going to do this? For my work email, it was really anytime and all the time. It was something that I wanted to do no more work email on my phone. For words with friends, well, that's largely just confined to the evenings. It's not something I typically do during the workday. Um, So I was confining that to the evenings and hoping for just one game, maybe two as an upper limit. And then for social media, the when, as I just mentioned, was no Saturday and Sunday mornings. So how was I going about this? Was I going about this by deleting apps or was it going to be a self-imposed start? Well, I decided a self-imposed start and I was fully ready that if that didn't work, especially with my work email, I would delete it from my phone, not my whole work email account, but just delete the app from my phone so that I wouldn't be tempted. Now, this was only going to be until, if I did need to delete it, it was only going to be until my next business trip because I did have a business trip in the midst of this experiment. Uh, And then if I did have to delete it, I would add it back for the business trip because I knew that I would be checking my email on that trip on my phone. So I started with self-imposed limitations. 
Now, what was I going to do instead? Well, on Saturday and Sunday mornings, I had in mind that I would do home organizing projects. I would do more reading and writing. I might be even working on a new book idea. I had some lofty aspirations for how I was going to use the time. Now, how long? Well, my experiment was meant to be six weeks, and I did last all six weeks. If you're going to try this and six weeks feels like it's too long for you, pick something smaller, maybe even just one week. You'll be surprised at the results you get no matter how long you do it. All right, now let me take you step-by-step step through each of those categories on how I did. So the what? Well, we'll start with work email because this was the biggest one for me. And this was really challenging, especially in the beginning. And I had a couple of fails and I'm going to share them with you. So early on, I really, really got clear on how habitual it was for me to look at my phone for work emails. But here's the thing, and you know this because I've shared it with you. My old pattern was this. I would often read an email, let's say from a client, I'd think about the answer, and I'd plan to wait to get back to my laptop keyboard, the larger keyboard, to compose a reply. Well, part of my brain saw that task as complete because I'd already given it some thought and answered it in my mind. So unless I flagged the email in some really, really special way, I would often forget to reply in a timely manner. And I was aiming to correct that. Overall, I did pretty well, but again, there were some slip ups, which I will share. So here's one specific instance. This was one week into the experiment. I am mentoring somebody through a board of directors that I'm on. And this person that I was mentoring or am mentoring, well, she was in the middle of interviewing for her dream job and I'm her mentor. And guess what? She listened to episode one of this podcast about how to tell your career story. And between you and I and her, she thinks that's what made the difference in her getting the job. So if you haven't listened to episode one of this podcast, you're definitely going to want to go listen to episode one, how to tell your career story. Anyway, so she's in the middle of interviewing for her dream job, and I'm her mentor, of course, no pressure. So here I am at an orthodontist appointment for one of my kids, and the orthodontist is busy in his mouth, and I suddenly realized I hadn't sent a response to this person that I'm mentoring, and she wanted to meet the next day. I had started to compose my reply, but I never finished it, and so I had to reply. I simply felt awful, and I didn't want it to go another minute without replying. Now, I didn't open any other messages. I opened up email because I hadn't deleted it, <laughs> opened up email on my phone, and I just searched up that one specific email from her. I finished my reply to her and I sent it and then I immediately closed the email app. I didn't look to see if anything else had come through or real stuff had come through, but I didn't look to see what. And, you know, the important thing is I had not started reading that email on the phone I was reading it on my laptop and started to compose my reply. And then I got distracted with something else and never finished my reply. So that was my first slip up. And, you know, in the long run, I'm glad that I answered the email because I could meet with her the next day. And I did. And ultimately, she got the job. So I think that was a it was a win, even though it was a loss. Now, three weeks in, I was headed to an industry association event that was going to take the whole morning. Uh, it was about a 20-minute drive from my house, and that morning I had squeezed in some exercise and some journaling, and then I needed to drop a kid off at school. Basically, it was a super busy mom morning before getting to this event that started at 8 a.m. 
Now, I realized after I dropped my daughter off at school and while I was driving there that I hadn't gotten a chance to look at my work email on my computer before leaving the house. Ugh. There's nothing worse than knowing that you're going to be indisposed for four hours and you haven't checked your email since like the previous day at 5 p.m. when I clocked out of work. So I broke my rule, but I did it intentionally. So once I got to the destination, once I got to the location and put my car in park and turned it off, then I checked my phone for emails and looked to see if there was anything that was urgent that I needed to attend to before I went into the event. Now, fortunately, there wasn't anything urgent and I didn't need to reply to anything at that time, but it was a deliberate breaking of the rule so that I wasn't dropping the ball and disappointing a client or something like that. Then the next week, I was teaching an all-day class on WebEx and on my lunch break, where I was sitting at my kitchen table, eating my lunch, enjoying my lunch, I happened to look at my phone and I was caught by a captivating subject line. Now, I shouldn't have been looking at all, but an email alert came through and the subject line was so provocative. I didn't even think about what I was doing. I just immediately clicked through. And I clicked through and I was thoroughly distracted for a few minutes by this email. And then I realized what I was doing. Now, I also realized something important in reviewing my notes for this episode, and that is I should have turned off the alerts on my email app on my phone instead of just keeping my phone on do not disturb most of the workday, which is typically what I do. I have my phone in a place where it's visually uh, in my line of sight. So if a call comes through, sometimes I notice it, um, but it doesn't ding and beep and buzz at me. I should have also turned off the alerts on my email. Now let's get on to words with friends. This was way easier than I expected it to be to cut down to one game, two games tops. Maybe it was because it was the holidays and there were more events going on and things to do in the evening and people to visit with at my house. Um, I'm not really sure, but I was happy to have cut back on that drastic time sink. Really, really. Now with social media on the weekend mornings, this was also easier than expected. On Saturday mornings, I typically swim laps at the local health club, and then I journal. And maybe I connect with a friend by phone or run some errands. So I did all those things, and for the most part, that took all of Saturday morning on all six Saturdays. Um, on Sunday morning, I typically take a yoga class that starts at 8.30, and it goes for an hour. I get home from that usually around 10, and then I might fix myself a late breakfast, read, and before you know it, it's noon, and it's time to watch an NFL football game on TV. One of the advantages of doing this in the winter, there's always a game on Sundays at noon. All right, one note about social media though. On Instagram, I happen to have liked a few funny dog videos and on TikTok as well. So of course, Instagram and TikTok do what they do best, which is to hook me on things that I like. And so I was laughing my head off at funny dog videos several times during the evening during this experiment. Now, just ask my family. They got tired of seeing me laugh and show them funny dog videos. My favorite, if you're interested, was dog math. You can find it easiest on TikTok, but it might also be on Instagram too. Again, dog math. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. 
Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So, when? Email, again, really anytime. I was cutting back on email, on work email, like anytime and all the time. With words, with friends, that was just in the evening, just the one game, maybe two tops, and social media, again, the when was no Saturday and Sunday mornings. So what ended up happening with the when is that this was just a little bit of all the time across all these three different initiatives, which turned out to be really helpful because I was always mindful of the experiment. Now, especially with work email, because before the experiment, I was always taking a peek on that, no matter the day or time. The other things were confined to either certain days of the week or certain parts of the day. But because I had things that kind of spanned across everything, I was always mindful of it. And I think that really helped with my success. So how did I go about it? Well, I went with a self-imposed plan. And I had had decent success with the self-imposed limitation with the exceptions that I've already shared. And I got those blips out of the way pretty quickly. And so I didn't have to delete my work email or words with friends and certainly not social media because I'm typically not on there enough to merit deleting it anyway. Although I did get a little carried away with the dog videos. (laughs) They might have inadvertently replaced my words with friends habit for a few evenings. All right. And so what, what did I actually do instead? Well, Saturday and Sunday mornings, I had planned for home home organizing projects, more reading and writing and working on a new book idea. Well, I didn't do much of anything in the way of home organizing projects. There is still much of that that needs to be done in my world. I definitely did more reading and I was very consistent in writing in my journal. There was no new progress on the book idea, at least that got written down, but it is bubbling around in my conscious and subconscious mind. Now, I did also carry a paper book with me most every place I went. I found this to be key when I was going to, let's say, an appointment or picking up one of my kids from an event, anytime I might find myself with organic waiting time on my hands. In the past, I would typically have had my Kindle with me, but in the spirit of this experiment, I kept it analog to be screen-free as much as possible, and I carried Adams, that is a book, around with me instead of bits on my Kindle. So how long did I do this? Well, I did it for six weeks. And quite frankly, it went by really quickly, way faster than I would have expected. Now, maybe it was because it was the holidays and uh, I had guests in my house and various other things happening. Maybe it was because of that, but it really, really did go by much faster than I expected. To keep track on how I was doing on the experiment, I kept some notes and I reviewed those notes and made sense of them as I was putting this episode together. (laughs) The irony, which is not lost on me, is that most of the notes I took during the experiment were taken on, you guessed it, my phone. (laughs) All right, well, all kidding aside, let me tell you what I think the biggest wins, 
losses and surprises were. Okay, so the big wins, I got some really great new discipline around work email. I'm tempted pretty much every morning as I'm getting ready to go to the gym or hop on the treadmill at home, but then I remember that my speaking clients, my executive coaching clients, and the people that I'm mentoring and anyone else in my professional orbit, well, they are all better served if I do not read my email on my phone. Let me repeat that for you. They are all better served if I do not read my email on my phone. They deserve a response and they might not get one or might not get a timely one if I read it on my phone. So this was my biggest win by far. All right, so let's look at the losses. Swapping the distraction of dog videos for words with friends. Now, both are a waste of time when done in large quantities of time, and both are reasonably entertaining and within the realm of possibility when done in small amounts. Swapping one for another doesn't really fix anything. So unfortunately, the funny dog videos fall into the loss column. I'll still take a peek at them from time to time, but I'll set a timer or put some limitation on it. A second loss well, I'm putting this in the loss category, is that I didn't print out the document, my covenant and the plan that I created, which is ironic because I was trying to do less screen time. So it would have made sense to have this piece of paper floating around. I had it digitally on my computer and I did consult it once or twice during the experiment, but I might've gotten better results if I had printed it and hung it up in my office. And I would recommend doing that to anyone who is going to embark on a digital detox experiment. Okay, now onto the weirdest part, the surprises. It was weird traveling and looking at email on my phone. Really, really weird. You see, the business trip came about halfway in the middle of the experiment, and I was really getting used to not looking at my work email on my phone. It was a new habit. I was not looking at work email on my phone. I was surprised at how quickly it felt wrong to look at email on my phone, even though I had planned on permitting it on this trip. And I didn't have my laptop along, only my phone and a tablet computer. And really only my phone had a guaranteed secure connection all of the time to be looking at work email and doing things that would require a secure connection and not getting hacked. When I did look at email, which was three times a day while traveling, I did it when I was alone and when I would have a distraction-free environment to be able to read and immediately respond to emails. I didn't want any dropped balls as a result of me looking at email on my phone three times a day. So that was a surprise that it felt weird that soon. Now, one thing that I did do on the airplane, and I could have been on email, but that was not, I was not distraction-free or anything like that when I was on the plane. But so one thing I did on the plane was to go through photos and videos and downloads that were stored on my phone. And I deleted duplicate videos or duplicate photos. I'll often take like a few selfies or weefies if I'm taking a picture of myself or uh, myself and somebody else. And then with the intention of going back and only keeping the best one. And of course, I never get around to it. So I did get around to doing that. And I deleted lots and lots of things that I no longer needed. I was basically taking out the digital trash. And that is a new activity for me and sorely overdue. My phone storage and the SD card on my phone were nigh on full, so it was super helpful that I did this activity, and I vow to do it every time I'm on an airplane. So that was weird and helpful. But another thing, and probably the biggest thing, that was plain old weird and kind of disturbing, 
was that it was strange being in the airport and at my industry conference for three days, consciously not being on my phone. Again, with the rare exception of answering email three times per day. And I was seeing so many people who were totally hooked on their phones, both in the airport and at the conference. It really changed how I saw the world. I oftentimes felt like I was observing a world that I wasn't part of. I was watching people who were watching their phones. <laughs> we definitely have a problem as a society. I cannot overstate this. It was almost an out-of-body experience watching people watch their phones. Hardly anybody looks up and makes eye contact and smiles anymore. So I cannot overstate enough how much we have a problem with this. And again, I want to encourage you to try this. So those were my results. Again, here is the step-by-step -step process in case you want to try it. And I highly encourage you to give it a go. Number one, take inventory of how much time you spend on social media, games, and other apps on your smartphone. Most phones will do this for you. Just go to settings and look for screen time or something similar. On my phone, it's called digital well-being and parental controls. It shows me how many times I've unlocked my phone, how many times I've been on social media, or how many minutes, I should say, cumulative minutes I've been on social media in the last 24 hours and, and so forth. So check that out so that you know what your baseline is. Then decide what you want to cut back on, decide when you want to cut back, and decide how you're going to cut back. Maybe you're going to delete apps from your phone or pare down the number of accounts you follow or decide which times of day or parts of days or days of the week are going to be your screen-free times. And then make a list of what you're going to do instead because I tell you what, having that book with me, that analog book, a paper book, saved me many, many times. So make that list of what you're going to do instead, and then how long do you want to experiment? Again, you can visit the show notes page from the original episode and grab the download that will walk you through this step-by-step, janelleanderson.com forward slash 140. Download that and make your plan. You can start at any time. Now, here are the lasting changes that resulted from this for me. Number one. No reading work email on my phone unless I'm traveling. No exceptions. Well, okay. Only rare exceptions like the one where I was at the orthodontist and I remembered that I left an unfinished draft on a time-sensitive issue. So not quite no exceptions, but almost no exceptions. Number two, turning off alerts on my phone. Do not disturb isn't sufficient to keep me from being distracted by email alerts that come in because taking a peek at the alerts isn't the same as reading the emails but it's differently distracting and not particularly helpful since I'm not going to respond to the email on my smartphone anyway. Number three, using airplane time to take out the digital trash. I'm typically on a flight once a month, sometimes more. So that's a good interval for me to go through pictures, videos, downloaded files and the like and get rid of what I don't need. Number four, I will continue to limit social media time on weekend mornings and be intentional with words with friends and dog videos on Instagram and TikTok in the evenings. And number five, the next time I do this exercise, because I'm human and I will backslide, or I'll develop new bad digital habits, I will print out my protocol and I'll put it somewhere where I can easily see it and be reminded of what I've promised myself. Number six, I will continue to carry a paper book with me. 
As a mom of two teenagers who are not yet driving, I find myself with a fair bit of organic waiting time when the phone is all too tempting. A paper book does the trick, and it's typically a business or personal development book, so I'm learning something while I wait. Uh, number seven, I was conscious of fubbing. You heard me talk about it in episode 139, and we'll link that up in the show notes as well in case you haven't listened to that episode. That is snubbing somebody with your phone. But I was conscious about not wanting to fub others, so it kept me off my phone more. I was also more aware of when I was being fubbed by others. Now, I didn't take it personally. After all, if there's one thing that this experiment taught me, it's that people are addicted to their phones. And that's not my fault. And number eight, the biggest takeaway from the experiment is that I will continue to keep my head lifted with my eyes looking around instead of glued to my screen. I'll continue to observe and analyze this very digitally addicted world that I'm living in. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with these observations and insights, but I will be sure to take notes on them. Some of those notes will be on paper, but ironically, some of those notes will be taken on my phone. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, my friends, the results of my digital detox. I can't stress enough how important this experiment was for me, and I want to encourage you to do it too. Remember, the future of work is not only about technology, it's about the values we uphold, the communities we build, and the sustainable growth we strive for. We need to keep exploring, keep innovating, and keep envisioning the remarkable possibilities that lie ahead. As always, stay curious, stay informed, and stay ahead of the curve. Tune in next week for another insightful exploration of the trends shaping our professional world. If you enjoy this content and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button and knock that little bell so that you get notified every time there's a new episode out. If you're listening on a podcast player, you want to make sure that you subscribe there as well so that you don't miss a single episode. And wherever you're listening or watching, please leave me a review. It helps other listeners find me. It just plain all makes me feel good. Until next time, my friends, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.